Welcome to Everyday Superhumans, the podcast where we interview ordinary people doing extraordinary things. I'm Caroline, and right across from me, because I'm directionally challenged, <laughs> is Kyle. Yep, I am here. And uh, good. How are you doing? You know, I'm I'm kind of full. Yeah, I just had really good Indian food, courtesy of my slow cooker. That's right. He's a chef. Well, slow cooking chef. Well, you should just say that you're a chef. Right, That's a chef. what I do. Ladies, I cook amazing meals. Ooh, there we go. Just if you give me four hours in a slow cooker, I could give you something. Oh, <laughs> now we're really... Okay, now let's talk about our guest before things get a little too heated in this room. But he is the co-founder of the Bayou Beer Society. Yeah, uh, Joel is a beer enthusiast as he likes to call himself i like to call him a craft beer pioneer because He's he helps bring in craft beer down to this region of louisiana he is my beer hero basically <laughs> he's my beer um yoda beer yoda. he's more like a because i'm thinking star wars yeah he's uh he doesn't talk like yoda though it's you can tell it's English. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. I, I, I like to describe him as being like the... Uh, I'm not sure who's the guy behind the Justice League. I'm sorry, comic book fans. I mostly just watch the movies and the TV shows. Bozer. <laughs> I'm even more. <laughs> but uh, he's basically like... He's basically the guy behind the beer Justice League of South Louisiana. He's brought in so many small brewing companies just because... Uh, That's his passion. He yeah. really cares about it. And it's, always when you have... Beer, you have a sense of community too. Mm-hmm. And guess what else you have? Drunks. Well, you might have that, but you also have festivals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Yes. <laughs> that's where I was going at it. Not and drunks. We Got attended it. the most awesome festival. It was the Bayou Beer Festival, and it's put on by Joel Omer and his crew at the Bayou Beer Society. Yeah, they uh, they somehow managed to bring in beer companies that don't even sell down here mm-hmm. to set up their stands and and uh, at the same time distributors from around the state come by to see what's going on and they've sent in several several small beer, uh, brewing companies mm-hmm. have come down here and on top of that they give all their money to charity to support the veterans. That sounds like a great deal. Yeah, like, you go there, you donate towards a great cause, and you get great beer. That's right. Well, yep. let's head on over to Joel Over. Say again. <laughs> Let's head on over to Joel Omer. Enjoy. Bring a beer. Oh, oh will, my God. It's our ghetto yes. setup. Awesome. There we go. Perfect. I need a picture of this. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I grew up right next to the ghetto, so I know. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. So anyways, about, yeah, we've been recording for the past two minutes. Seems to be picking up pretty well. Oh, so oh, oh, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Bayou Beer Fest, where'd that come from? Bayou Beer Fest was actually born out of two guys, uh, myself and Jim Barrett, drinking beer out of a out right outside of a, a 19th century barn that was in a yard made out of virgin cypress. They'd have gatherings every Thursday evenings at his family's, at his house rather. And his family would come, and they'd barbecue, and they'd cook. And I lived next door at the time, so we got into this habit of picking up a six-pack of this. He'd pick up a six-pack of that. We'd try different things, share. 
and uh, start reading up on beer, learning to drink beer out of a glass to, to get that whole experience and everything. So to make a long story short, that became part of our repertoire. And we, one day after attending a couple of different beer fests in Baton Rouge, New Orleans, we said, well, we should throw a beer fest in Homa because it's so hard to drive to a beer <laughs> fest, you know, after you've been drinking, especially oh, yeah. you have to find a, you have to find a, a designated driver. So, so uh, just laughingly kind of said, yeah, we could do that. And I announced it on Facebook. And after that, people were asking me every other week, so what, when are we doing this beer fest? So <laughs> once I casted it out there, the, the fish bit and they, they weren't letting go. So we, we went forward with it. Yeah. When you announce beer to the world, it's Oh, anybody goes. Yeah. How hard right. was it to like arrange the very first beer fest? Because it can't be easy, I'm assuming. It was it was not easy. We started first off with a blog, the Bayou Beer Society. And what that was was just an attempt at advocacy for this area in craft beer. Every time we'd see the big breweries announcing we have this special cask of bourbon barrel age, blah blah blah, and dry hop, etc. I'd post on there, hey, well, we'd love to see something like this at Homa. And it just kind of, we were with the, the, the grain of sand in the oyster, if you were. We're trying to turn it into a pearl uh, by just agitating them and saying, hey, there, we, we have people at Homa, Thibodeau, uh, that, that would love to, to see something like this. And that kind of morphed into the, the board of directors uh, for the Bayou Beer Fest, people that were involved in that. Getting the festival started was a lot of work as in getting the 501c3 paperwork and all of that what's together. The, what's that? Yeah, what's a 501c3? A 501c3 is a nonprofit status with the with the uh, state treasury. Oh, okay. oh. Uh, so yeah. so we are a 501c3. We 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 don't raise money for us. We give the money to veterans and that that's another thing that differentiates us from a lot of beer festivals in that most beer festivals are a group of people that say we need to make money. Well, what are we going to do? Well, let's throw a beer fest. Well, we don't know jack squat about beer. Doesn't matter. Let's throw a beer fest. You uh, buy the beer, you pour it. People will come. People will come. We will make money. Exactly. For ourselves. So, so you already stand out from the crowd by doing it nonprofit wise. Then. Well, most of them are nonprofits, but the, the the cart was before the horse for them. They they needed the money, so let's throw a beer fest. Where we were four guys that said, "I love beer, man. We need a beer <laughs> oh, fest yeah. at home." So we said, "Yeah, let's throw the beer fest." And we're already in the motions of throwing it, and what are we going to do with the money? Mm -hmm. So, oh, well, let's give it to veterans. So it's kind of a, a horse before the cart uh, situation. Because usually they wanted to build their nonprofit for something else, so that's how they gained all the money mm -hmm. from the beer. Gotcha. Yeah, so we, we formed the this, this society to be an educational society. We we do classes on off flavors, on home brewing, things like that. So we're educational and um, and uh, philanthropic, I think is the right way to say that, in that we give away the money to ease human suffering. Oh, that's awesome. You should do a uh, whiskey fest next then, too. A whiskey fest would uh, would definitely be welcomed, but whew, man, talk about uh, those two-ounce pours would add up real quick. <laughs> well, I know. People would get tanked <laughs> yeah. fast. At the beer fest, I think I only had like 12, maybe 10 beers, and I was just like, oh, crap, I'm happy my apartment's close to here because yeah. that, that, that's intense. All day drinking, that's a lot of work. It is. Uh, this year we changed up our reper repertoire, our, 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 our not repertoire, but our way of doing things in that we, we required tickets for samples. The first two years it was unlimited sampling. Mm -hmm. Uh, and we had a problem with 
the ATC, Louisiana Alcohol Hall, Tobacco Commissioner. Didn't really like that. He didn't, he didn't say that we had to, but he made it clear to us if we were going to do it that way, he was going to watch us very closely. And a second problem was that we had people jumping the fence, and they didn't. Uh, they had no yeah. recompense to, to, to. We couldn't tell if they came in or not, and people would jump a fence that was stealing money from us, you know, yeah. and the veterans. So, so a lot of people this year felt like, oh, well, we're getting cheated, and people couldn't get through forty tickets. I mean, we had people oh. offering tickets to other people. Yeah. Oh, I'm not done with. <laughs> I, I'm leaving. Can you? That's no, how, no, I don't need any more. That's how we got our tickets because just like a friend of mine, she went by herself and she's like, I got forty tickets. I'm not sure what to do with these. Do you want to bring a friend and <laughs> drink with me? I'm like, yeah, sure. That yeah. sounds great. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, you don't realize that two ounces of you know eight percent beer will, will it, add up quickly. It will knock you down. Yeah. And I was one, there for two hours and just like, uh. <laughs> and one ticket equals one sampling, too. I thought that three tickets or four tickets would equal one sampling. Or that, it would depend on the beer. If it was a higher alcohol beer, then it would be five tickets. But no, it's just one ticket <laughs> per sampling. And, and, that, and that was a point that we made to the naysayers that, that were... Uh, grumbling about the tickets is, is that we gave you more tickets for less money and we charged one ticket per, per beer no matter the style where uh, most of the other big festivals if you get a stout or an imperial or something like that they'll charge you two three tickets uh-huh. and we just wanted people to, to, to try different things and find their comfort zone you know find that magical beer that speaks to them oh. and go this is what I love I found mine Flying Heart Barrel 52 Did you that, that? Yes, that that, be, that's my new favorite brewing company they, uh, Everything they, by them was just great. They're doing great stuff. They're they're new to the uh, to the area, and um, we were excited to have them. At the last minute, they found out they could come, so we were we were very excited to have. Them. I, I spent a a lot of time next to their uh, serving table, trying everything, and it was it was all good. <laughs> Same here. I kept on going back. I was like, I want that barrel thirty two again, and the plantation mud. I think is the owner's called plantation that, yeah. mud. Yes, I Those think it was two. coffee stout or coffee porter. It was like that. I think it was a stout. Stout, so good. good, great stuff. Yeah, so um, I know that with the beer or the beer fest, you sometimes get people to sign on to distribution rights down here. Absolutely, yeah. We uh, we had some guys that came last year that weren't distributing in this area that ended up getting signed because the distributors are there. They're at the festival pouring the beer, and they'll meet the distributors and they'll say, "We're not in this area." Well, let's talk. <laughs> and I believe a great raft. Um, Parish Brewing. Um, I, I'm trying to remember them all, but a lot of local, you know, breweries from North Louisiana and uh, Lafayette area got signed. But as a, you know, kind of a direct result of the of the festival, we made those those connections happen, and that's great. I mean, oh, people, yeah. you know, people are like, uh, well, what do what do you get out of that? That's great beer on the bar, you know, the shelves in the stores. I mean, mm-hmm. more more variety oh, is what we get out of that. So you're like the uh, craft beer pioneer down here, then. You just kind of help bring it down here. I wouldn't say pioneer, but I mean certainly a, a craft beer enthusiast. Um, <laughs> in, in that, you know, I was just as excited as everybody else. We just um, took a route to, to maybe advocate and um, get the big boys, the, the big breweries, to pay attention to us. And uh, like I said, that morphed into a couple of guys drinking beer and saying, "Let's throw a beer fest." So we got. Two other guys on it was me, Jim Barrett, and then Willie Rollins and Charles Gagne uh, joined on, and we put together a, a, a advisory board of, of six or seven guys that that meet with us too, and 
they, uh, they handle different aspects of the festival. So it's, it's become a real good way of doing things. It, it works really well for us. And then when you're sipping beer, when you're doing the taste testing, is it like wine where you kind of move it back and forth, smell it a little bit, and then drink it? Or what would you say as the best suggestion on drinking beer? I definitely uh, advocate drinking it out of a glass. And that was one of the things we got made the fun of the most, sitting outside of this barn, drinking beer out of a glass where really? you're... You're in a working class environment where everybody's drinking Brand X out of a can or a bottle. People would see us drink out of a glass. Well, look at you, Mr. Fancy. And it's, it, <laughs> it, I definitely, the, the way I advise people to, to, uh, to enjoy a beer is, to, is, is with the, the eyes first when you're pouring it. You know, look at that color. Look at how much foam, how much of, of you know, different styles give you a rich, creamy head on top. Uh, look at the, the bubbles. This bottle condition, you'll see little flakes of um, yeast or, or uh, hop flakes. And the next thing I, I say is, is, is experience it with your nose. You know, get that aroma and see if you smell the hops or the grain or the, the chocolatey smells from the, the roasted malt, stuff like that. Yeah, finally, you know, taste it. The mouthfeel, does it feel slick? Does it feel thick? Does it, you know, real watery? Different styles do different things. None of those things are, are either good or bad. It's just a... a the way the style presents itself, and then uh, finally taste. I mean, it's just what what does it do? So yeah, it's it's very much like uh, drinking wine, you know, step by step. As a matter of fact, if you see guys uh, drinking stouts, if you a stout is is usually best uh, about 40, 50 degrees. Mm, yeah, uh, that's true. And you hear a lot I'm of a stories. Huge stout drinker. I love stouts. It's my favorite kind. It's my de facto beer type is stouts or porter. Stouts or porters, yeah, and so and they they open up. As they warm up, uh, those are not a good style to serve ice cold. You hear ice cold beer, well, stout, you, I'll take a bottle up and put it on my counter for 30 minutes. So because um, it, it just opens up and the aromas and the, and the flavors get hidden by that the uh, the frigidity, the, the coldness of the drink. And you see a lot of guys sitting at, at, at craft beer bars or when we're doing a bottle share, and uh, they're, they're cupping in their hands, they're wrapping their hands around the glass to try to warm it up. So... It's, a, it's definitely a, a different way of enjoying beer. So in Europe, they serve it warm too? Is that That's a, a similarity or is that a completely different? It is a similarity. Game? They have a lot of real ale there, which is a cask condition, where everything is done within the cask. It's, uh, it's, it's done a little bit differently than, than the way we do beer here. Um, and they drink a lot more porters and stouts there. So that is generally, as I said, a, a beer style you want to enjoy warmer, but I, a lot of it's blown out of proportion. These guys go there, and and uh, the the beer's about forty five, you know, degrees or something like that. It's not ice cold, and they'll come back to to tell their their podnas, you know. And for those who don't know what podna means, if you're from north of the Mason Dixon line, that's southern for buddy. Uh, you, you they come back and they tell their podnas that uh man they 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 drink their beer. They they warm it up or something because they're they, they're just not used to it being any. Anything above, you know, 40 degrees, where, you know, 50 degrees, something like that is, is better. And I'm going to Ireland <laughs> in June. Wow. And I'm super excited about it, because before I was only 17. Oh. And I couldn't drink, obviously. But 
I didn't think they had a drinking age in Ireland. Did they? Did they really <laughs> not let you, or was it with I who you were try. with? I didn't try. I was with a chaperone. Uh, it yeah. was in high school. I was with a nun, and you don't mess with nuns. No, you don't. No, no, no. Uh, Cajun Catholic, right here. You don't mess with the yeah. nuns. No, I wouldn't advise that. So yeah, I can see the uh, I can see the nuns saying no to that. Nope. I was of the opinion that that Ireland was one of those countries that didn't have a drinking age, but be wrong that's one thing i don't know well there's a lot i don't know but that's one thing i didn't know about, <laughs> about uh ireland we're all learning new things have here. you ever been to like germany and like had like any of those old uh mike beers from those i know like a lot of like the, like, the oldest brewery in the world is like a monster i think uh i think that's in belgium that's belgium uh, okay that belgium is one of the is it the unibroke trying to remember the name of it but yeah those guys have uh, been making beers for centuries I, I've never been to Europe uh, it's one of it's one of my dream uh, trips uh, for beer and for genealogy of my, my family uh, my migrant ancestor my great 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 grandfather came over from Germany in 1851 so I'd love to go and, and visit but you know also beer wise I'd love to go and visit some <laughs> of those those beer meccas if you will and and experience the the pub scene there and, and just see how it's different how about any uh, pointers for somebody trying to get into craft beer? I know for me, at least, I hated beer until I tried Guinness. Then that just changed my mind. Exactly. Everybody's got that magical, we call them Segway beers, but <laughs> in, 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 the, uh, in the club there where we talk with, with, with uh, each other. Uh, my Segway beer was, was a Vita Amber. It was an uh, amber beer. It was oh. darker, it was richer, it was maltier. And it kind of taught me that there's something out there besides... Bud Light, of course, Light, and there's nothing wrong. If that's what you like, God bless you. Don't drink it. I have no have no qualms with that. But I, I, I realized I was in a rut. I mean, I had quit drinking for two years because I'd get a headache when I would drink. And, oh, oh, and wow. uh, maybe it's something to do with the, the a lot of the the domestic lagers are made with a lot of rice and corn, and maybe that did something. But so when I started drinking the Beta Amber, I was like, wow, this is great, and it doesn't give me that headache and. A lot of my friends, uh, well, I say a lot, a few of my friends said the same thing. They had quit drinking for a while because just like beer just gives me a headache. Huh. And uh, from there, I, I discovered um, a New Belgium Fat Tire. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. Uh, was this great. another great amber great that kind of taught me. And um, what I would advise people to do is a lot of these places have, uh, Canada's here, for example, in, 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 in Louisiana, has a, a make-your-own six-pack shelf, you know, where you pick up singles, and instead of risking eight dollars on a six-pack mm -hmm. and you don't like it you know put together a mixed six-pack you may pay ten dollars for that six-pack because you're paying a, you know a little bit more for mm -hmm. singles but that to me that's better than buying an eight dollar six-pack and tossing yeah, the rest right. and you know <laughs> you could you, it gives you much more ability to to try different beers mm -hmm. and discover which one uh turns you on that reminds me of my very first alcohol purchase when i turned 21 i went straight to this place called market street and the very first thing I got was a build your own six pack of beer. I was like, I'm 21, I'm just gonna try whatever sounds good. So I went there and just got one of each. Uh, it was the best purchase I've ever made in my life. They should have a 24 pack of build your own beer. <laughs> 24, 24 pack might be a bit much. Make it. You could do it. You know, we have the little six pack holders. You just get a you know, four six pack. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. right. That works. <laughs> go big or go home on your birthday. That's right. But I, one of my old roommates, he had like the, the weirdest philosophy. I guess it's, like, it's different for everybody when it comes to beer drinking. But he believed that you should buy a six-pack of something that you never had before and drink it. And if you don't like it, you need to finish it anyways just to see if you like it again. It's like <laughs> eating your vegetables when you're 
Uh, no. But yeah. it's alcohol. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, a, a funny story with, with me and Willie, one of the uh, guys on the, the board of directors, when we were younger, um, I was the guy that turned 21 first. So I, every once in a while, we'd, we'd camp out or campfire, this or that, you know, just kind of bonfire, whatever, sitting around. And I'd go buy a six pack or something, just try something different. And we tried this one beer one night, uh, St. Pauli's Girl. And we all hated it. <laughs> and I took a sip of it and I hated it. So everybody was looking at me because I'm the guy that went just show eight bucks for a six pack. And at that time, that was a lot. This was at a little convenience store or something. I found this this beer. So everybody was looking at me thinking, well, if he drinks it, I'm going to drink it because he just paid for it. And I took another sip and I poured the rest out. Couldn't stand it. And about two, three years ago, I posted a picture of me drinking one. And I posted it to the guys. I said, look what I'm drinking. They they swore I was messing with it. Oh, that's... <laughs> You drink it, that does nasty. Trust me, try it now. And everybody, well, you're right, we loved it. But, you know, our, our you know, 21, 18-year-old mm. palates weren't, weren't ready for that. Yeah, I remember my very first IPA. It was a very similar, ex- a very similar experience to that. It was actually Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Mm-hmm. And I had that because I heard it was a good beer. And then I tried it. I was like, this is way too, like, bitter and hoppy for me. And now it's, like, my, one of my go-to beers. Like, at that time, it was, like, the most disgusting thing. I don't like IPAs. I can't handle that. Nevada, They're too it. hoppy. I um, that was that was where I really crossed the bridge. I I avoided IPAs for two years. I, if I bought a mixed six pack and they had IPAs in there, I'd bring, I'd walk across the yard and bring them to Jim. <laughs> oh, and Thursday here you can have these, and uh, he he we, he'd pour a glass of here and just try it, and it was definitely acquired taste. But it's it's my favorite style now. People ask me all the time, "What's your favorite beer?" It's fine, kid. Like saying which one's my favorite kid, uh, <laughs> but uh, definitely. Would you really like one more yeah, than the yeah, other? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. There's always that one, but I'm not. I'm. I'm not gonna say which one. You know, that might hurt one of their feelings. But, <laughs> um, just kidding, kids. Um, but but definitely the style I gravitate to most is IPAs. It's just, especially during the summertime. I, oh, I drink less true. and less uh, dark beers during the summertime than the wintertime. I've noticed that. I- Without at least my beer palate, it kind of fluctuates depending on the time of the year. Mm-hmm. During the summertime, it's mostly like ambers and IPAs, and then come wintertime, it's all stouts and porters. I, I can't do an IPA in the winter, and I can't do a stout in the summer, which is either too thick or too light, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. We all do that, and uh, one fits more for the other. You know, a nice you know lager. You know, after you cut the grass, that's why they call a lot of these beers. You hear the term lawnmower beers, and mm-hmm. we have one here by San Arnold that's called lawnmower, and that's why it's called that because after you climb off, you know, from behind the lawnmower, you're sweating. You don't want a thick stout. You want something <laughs> cold and refreshing. Yeah, so. you don't drink a glass of milk that. on a warm summer day, so you want to do the same thing with beer. Exactly. It just doesn't I work that no way. No clue about that. Actually, one more style. No, I didn't. There's also like there's a slow ride. I think is another one that's like that in the I in the all day IPA. All day. Those or, are uh, yeah. Those are what you call a session IPA, and a session beer is is lower alcohol. So if you want to drink beers in succession, and it's lower alcohol, <laughs> so it's safer for just better enjoyment on the yeah. yeah exactly. I mean, if you drink a a bunch of uh, stouts or something like that, which. I wouldn't recommend, but uh, it's it's called a session. So if you want to, you know, drink uh, in succession, it's lower uh, alcohol, and uh, we have some really, you know, great session IPAs. And during the summer, that's my go-to beer is a good session I- IPA. I didn't find a good list of session beers then because I do 
I, like you said, like, drink like a lot of stouts or porters, like those are usually higher in alcohol content. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes it's like, I want to drink something just for the flavor and not for the alcohol content. Like, but the third beer, I'm like, God damn it, I'm already drunk. <laughs> yeah, I'm toasted always, now. Yeah, I always think of beer and locations. So I want a beach beer usually in the summer. So I think of Corona or what's another one? Dos Equis. Dos Equis, yeah. things like that. Anything in those clear bottles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and there's a reason they put them in the clear bottles. So it's actually, they, they're skunked yeah. on purpose. They, they, they have a, uh, oh. a different flavor. Light is the enemy of beer. Uh, that's why they put them in these amber bottles. Because mm-hmm. um, oh. light will, will, uh, will break down the beer. But these, uh, those types of beer are put the clear bottles on purpose because they actually want it and gives it that flavor. Can, anything that's at all flavor can be most of what's okay. at all flavor. That explains the weird taste of Corona because I don't. Corona is like my least favorite beer because it has that weird like a skunk, skunkiness. It's, it's kind of like a skunky taste well, to it. Well, you know, Medela has a real skunk taste. I don't like Medela though. I like Medela Negra with uh, yeah, that's one I've with, had. with lime. Yeah, the dark beer. When when whenever I go to a Mexican restaurant, that's my go-to beer. A good. And I, I never would have thought to have a dark beer with lime, but they brought it to me in, uh, in a mug with, with the lime. I said, that doesn't make sense, but when in Rome, you know, I squeezed it in there, and it, yeah. was, it was great, you know? It, it, it actually worked. Yeah. What's the weirdest beer name you've heard? Oh, oh man. Oh. Let's talk about weird beer names, because I think that's a good selling point for some breweries. They just think of the most interesting name. And maybe the beer actually is terrible, but everyone's distracted by the name or the bottle. Mm-hmm. I think Dogfish Head is my weirdest name beer I've ever drank. Dogfish Head just sounds weird. Dogfish Head. Uh, Beta has a uh, an oyster stout right now. <laughs> oh. Which uh, okay. Which is called uh, Bad Mother Shucker. <laughs> um, oh, that sounds actually. I might want to try this one. It just sounds so weird. I had to try it. You hey, can it, get it, it at Canada's. Yes, we have it at Canada's right now, Ooh. and. Um, <laughs> It's uh it's made with uh with the oyster shells and, oh. and the oysters, but you don't get an oyster taste. You get a, you, you get a little salt from the the brininess of the seawater and the, and it doesn't oh, that really. Is so weird. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to make one. As a matter of fact, a friend of mine, uh, Marty Odomo, and I, he's a fishing charter captain, and he and I are gonna go uh, dig our own oysters uh, out of the uh, the Gulf there and uh, make an oyster stout. Oh, let me know when that happens. You have me on Facebook. Just say, we have this in coming We have to. Yeah, I sounds, would like a video of that. I'm adventurous with my beer taste. I remember I've gotten a jalapeno beer never again, but Ugh. I just oh, yeah. was like, that sounds so weird. I need to try it. And I was like, oh, screw this. This is, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. And I had to finish it, though. I bought it. I had to finish it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had some of that, uh, too, and that, that, uh, that, that didn't do it. I, I like spice, but, but, uh, back on the, the weird names, there's, uh, Arrogant Bastard. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Um, uh, one of the home brewers at Dubai Beer Fest had a, a beer called Side Boob Blonde. <laughs> and uh, it was so That's funny nice. that a, a girl that I know walked up to me. She goes, Joel, where's the side boob? And, and one of her friends turned her to the side. pointed to the side of her chest. And goes, she's like, That's not what I meant. But uh, yeah, a lot of these guys have fun with, their, with, with the naming of the beers, uh, things like that. Back in the day, how much did you pay for beer? Paid very little like when I was back. was you know teens and eighteen you know drinking age was eighteen when I was growing up um, you know you get a lot of beer for a lot less money but it was it was really crappy beer I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we didn't have much uh, much um, of a palate back then we were that's when you were drinking for effect and not taste 
Yeah, that's true. I think anybody like under the age of twenty one does that though. Oh yeah, absolutely. Remember, before I turned twenty one, like I even like shoot any cheap vodka that came to me, mm-hmm. and now I can't even stand the taste of vodka. I'm like, oh, oh god, why do you give that oh, to me? His Mexican cousin tequila. <laughs> oh, I know. We don't. I cannot drink time, tequila. We don't oh. get along with yes, that. Yes, the first time I got sick on alcohol was tequila and Jaeger. For some reason, I was bouncing off Who those told you two. that was a good it idea? <laughs> Who told you that Jaeger was, was those, good? Those were not friends. It, they were not my pals at <laughs> all. No, you don't need that negativity in your life. No. Oh, no. Uh, I got real Unfriend sad. them. What's your opinion on Jaeger? Jaeger, absolutely horrible. I, I hate the worst. it. I just... I don't know anybody who yeah. like, why would you drink that stuff? It's disgusting. I used to drink it in college, and I think the <sighs> only reason why people drank it was like, oh, I'm tough. I'm going to drink Jaeger now. Let's have a shot of Jaeger bombs. Yeah, I got a little black licorice. Ew, yeah. it is disgusting. It's just the worst. I remember yeah. back in college, one time me and my friends got back from a party. We still wanted to drink, and we had a bottle of Jaeger in the freezer. And like some Coors Light left over, so we poured the Coors no, Light. No, no. Got a shot glass. No. Dropped it. No. And went back. It was that oh. simultaneously ruined Jaeger and Coors Light for me at the exact same time. Oh. I cannot drink either of them anymore. We're so much smarter now. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In college, you're just like, yeah, we got alcohol. Let's mix them together. Oh no, I can't touch those two anymore. And we had we had a band in high school, and uh, we'd play at little parties and things like that, and. One night after one of one of those, we ended up at a at a house and we start shooting. It's the first time I ever shot tequila and we, we lime and the salt and all of this. Oh, this is fun! And we ran out. So one of my friends, stupid teenager story, says, "Well, my dad's got something at home. I'm gonna go get it." And he goes and comes back with this bottle. It's like a two hundred dollar bottle from Mexico that his oh. dad bought on their their wedding, you know, on their honeymoon and. Bunch of stupid kids open it up and we drank it and he didn't make any band practices after that <laughs> a year or something like that. Kind of so. reminds me of my brother who was trying to be clever taking alcohol from my parents. Is that he would uh, do a shot of vodka, get water and pour it into the vodka. And Everyone's tried put that Put in the one. freezer and it was frozen one time and my dad discovered that my brother's been stealing all of his vodka. Yeah, when that. the vodka freezes, there's something up. I <laughs> yeah. recently did that. Oh, yeah, with your roommate. And I'm 26. <laughs> seven. I'm 27. And I recently found that out. You were stealing her vodka? Yeah. <laughs> Shame on you. <laughs> well, I was oh, borrowing it. Borrowing. She borrowing would never... It. She, said, she just replaced with water, I mean, you know. she's not going to use it, so <laughs> I... I <laughs> Confessions 101. <laughs> this is de- this is taking quite a turn. Man, we're, we're learning a lot about Caroline here. Wow. I'm yeah, impressed. I look, you know, angelic, but you never know. It's oh, the, the angelic Caroline. Yeah. Oh, Who knows the, what's going to happen the, next? The, the vodka thief. <laughs> I'm never going to do that again, though. No. It exploded, literally. Oh, really? It actually did In that? the freezer. <laughs> Oh, you just bought some some crappy vodka? It froze and exploded. I'd get my money back if I were you. Don't buy that gas station, that gas station vodka anymore. <laughs> what were you thinking? Wow, this is uh, we need a whole uh, podcast on uh, Carolyn's uh, adventures. <laughs> That's it. That's no, it. That's no, all, no, we that's had, we had a pretty good Mardi Gras this year. We could just talk about that for an entire all podcast. All I'm going to share for one podcast. <laughs> no. It this... may not even get in the cutting uh, board. 
It better. Who knows? Um, My mom's not going to be listening to this episode. <laughs> Mom would not be happy. <laughs> We're done. I guess we one question I've been waiting to ask that I was trying to save till the end was, for anybody who wants to go out there and like, create their own nonprofit to like, put something into the community that, that, that wasn't missing, like the Bayou Beer Fest, mm-hmm. like, what advice would you give to somebody who wants to go out of the way and make the community a better place through the way they think that would be better? Like maybe more beer, maybe a whiskey fest? Yeah, it could be, yeah, it could be, um, it could be anything. Um, it, it's, it's put together a good team, first, first and foremost. I mean, you, you, you can have the idea, but uh, uh, it, I really get irritated when people come to me and say, oh, I really enjoyed your beer fest. It's not my beer fest. It's, it's, we, you know, we, we had the idea, but we couldn't do it with the 170 volunteers that we have or the, that, you know, the 12 people that sit on the board and the, the people that show up. Uh, it, it's our beer fest. Um, but find, find a group of people that, that are willing to, to do the work with you. Um, which sadly is, is sometimes the hardest part, but we were lucky in that we found people that, that, that want to do great things. Um, and, you know, just do your homework as far as the uh, nonprofit status is, what, what the steps are to, oh, yeah, to get that true. all uh, set up. Uh, it's not as daunting as you would think it is. Uh, they'll walk you through a lot of that. Um, and just, uh, you know, just be, be careful. I mean, it's just, um, you know, we, 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 carry insurance uh, for the festival of course because something happens you know so that that's a large expenditure have um, you had to use it yet no we haven't no, that's no, no. We, uh, we we try to promote uh, safe drinking um, but I mean that, that that's the thing is, is, is getting the people um, that believe in the dream and, and, and want to do it I mean the first year we were all doing this out of pocket I mean if nobody showed up the first year we'd have all been in for about I don't know Eight thousand bucks a pop, you know, ten thousand bucks a pop. If we wouldn't have had anybody show up, so, but we 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 had the dream and we had the belief that people would show up and do it, and thank God it, it worked out. Could have yeah. could have very easily have rained out and went the other way. So there are some risks involved, but if you um, that, that and that that's mainly doing with an outdoor thing. If you're doing something else, you know, there's there's a myriad of things, but. A good team and doing your homework on the legalities is, is what I would recommend. <laughs> Legality, for sure. Yeah. Want to know more about beer or craft beer or, I don't know, even Bud Light? Or just looking for good suggestions for next six-pack, like I am? Check out BayouBeerSociety.com. If you're in the area, you can also attend the next Bayou Beer Fest, which is a few days before my birthday on November 12, 2016. Register at BayouBeerFest.com. Joel and the Bayou Beer Society can also be found on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Everyday Superhumans is produced by Kyle and Caroline and is recorded on location. Music is composed by Alex Allen. And I'm going to throw out another question for you. Do you have a favorite local festival? Tweet it to us at SuperhumansCast. You can leave us a story on Facebook.com slash EverydaySuperhumans and share your favorite memory with us on Instagram at EverydaySuperhumans. And of course, you can email it to us at EverydaySuperhumans at gmail.com. And remember, not every hero can fly. So grab your cape and let's go.
usually it's just the drunk idiots that you you gotta put up with and things like that. The but Carolines. That was definitely that those was Carolines definitely with us. their water vodka. 